Fuel for Warriors, episode 48. Somebody who gets shit done. It's all down to hustle. A sacrifice of their being and way of life. We think of 300, we think of the Spartan. Sort of the courage and conviction to face their challenges in life. It always does the right thing at all costs. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, Jason Eames. Get the idea of a warrior, somebody who's willing to do the right thing at the right time. What's going on, Warriors? Timothy Lawson here, host of Fuel for Warriors, a podcast collaboration between Lost Entertainment and Lock and Load Java. Each and every week, I bring to you military veterans, athletes, and others that resonate with the idea of being a warrior. And we talk to them about what it means to be a warrior, how they are informed on that warrior ethos, challenges they face, and what ultimately inspires them. This week, I have Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt Jason Eames on the show. Jason's going to talk to us about his journey into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and he's going to spin us up on the basics of the culture, what it means to acquire a belt, how belts are acquired, what it means to train under one person or another, getting into it, the time commitment, stuff like that. We've had plenty of mixed martial arts guests on the show, but we've never really... Uh, Never really gotten into the sport uh, as much as, you know, usually we focus a lot on the career of some of these UFC fighters. Jason's going to help help us talk more about the sport, which is something he's very passionate about. So I'm going to let Carl Churchill, founder of Lock and Load Java, say a couple words, and we'll get to my interview with Jason Eames. Enjoy. Hey, Warriors. This is Carl Churchill, co-founder and chief coffee officer of Lock and Load Java. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our friend and fellow veteran Tim Lawson as he interviews risk takers who've embraced the warrior ethos. I know you'll love our guest today. And when you're finished with the episode, head over to lockandloadjava.com and use the coupon code FUELFORWARRIORS to receive a 10% discount on our premium coffee and cocoa. Stay motivated, my friends, and keep challenging yourself. All right, Warriors, welcome back to the episode of Fuel for Warriors. On the phone with me today, I have Mr. Jason Eames, a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I should say an Andre Galvo, Galvo black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Sir, did I say that right? Absolutely, yes, sir. Great. Uh, I actually, I'm going to follow up on that soon because martial arts, the world of martial arts is one that I am not familiar with at all. Uh, I'm going to first... Um, I'm into UFC, you know, which is, you know, like most people, that's the most uh, uh, insight that I have to uh, martial arts. But I'm hoping to uh, gain some insight from you. And then, as you know, I'm, I'm giving it a shot for my, uh, for my own next week. But before we get into these questions, let's start with the first one that always uh, sort of launches the interview. Jason, to you, what does it mean to be a warrior? All right, so at the risk of sounding like it's a prepared answer, um, I thought about this. We talked a little earlier today. You, you mentioned you were going to ask this question. And, um, you know, in our society today, there's like this, this dalliance with the word warrior. And I think it means a lot to a lot of different people. You know, it has a very, like, a, a lot of individual connotations to whoever, like, the person is. You know, I think a lot of people will think it's like a warrior to somebody, you know, <laughs> Who fights in wars, right? <laughs> so, so somebody who literally, I mean, like, it, it invokes this envision of somebody who's like 
you know, squatting in another country, like in the desert or the jungle, and ha- has to fight these wars. And I mean, and I can't argue with that. That's a pretty legit, you know, way, way to think about a warrior. Um, you can also think of, like, we'll use my instructor, for instance, Andre. I mean, this guy slept on the dirt floor when he was a kid, and now he's, like, four-time world champion, king of jiu-jitsu, basically. And nobody, nobody trains harder than that guy. I mean, physically, he's a warrior through and through. When a push comes to shove, he's going to propel himself further than anybody, you know? I mean, I can't argue with that either. I think for me, though, like, the idea of a warrior, a little more simple, just somebody who's willing to do the right thing at the right time, you know? Like, uh, we'll use, like, my dad, for instance. He, um, you know, he, he did what he had to do. He worked a job. I don't know, raised his kids, and he was always there for us, never missed a birthday, never missed a baseball game. He was in the surface. He was an airman, and always managed to, to make it home. And, you know, I mean, that, that means a lot to me. It's like, that, that, that's a warrior. Somebody who can just day in and day out do the right thing constantly, until, you know, until time to make the ultimate decision, you know, um, he sacrificed his life for a bunch of people, including myself, and I think, you know, that's a warrior. He right there, he's a warrior his whole life, and the last second of his life, let's, you know, you do the right thing. That's, that's you know, it's a bit heavy, started off light, kind of heavy, but, you know, that that's what, that's what I think. I mean, it's a personal question, personally to me, that, that that's the ultimate decision, and that's what makes a warrior. You know, somebody who is in a place where they have to make a decision and they make the right one regardless of the outcome. I like that. That's good. Uh, you explained sort of what informs that answer, uh, which is usually my, my follow-up. So we can, we can just sort of lead into your current vocation of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I have uh, a handful of questions that uh, I know the audience is curious as well if they – uh, are unfamiliar uh, with the sport. First, let's get a little bit of foundation. Know, like, what got you into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? And <laughs> I guess not only, like, and specifically BJJ. Like, why that of all of the arts? UFC. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Just like anybody else. Um, yeah. So uh, when I was a kid, this was in 2000. I don't know if you remember the game Tekken when that came out. And, uh, you know, like yeah. all kids, all kids we were playing it. It didn't seem like realistic enough for me. And, uh, I was going through like my video game. I was the nerdiest answer ever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're, we're going, we went through a magazine. I see like an, an ad for the UFC game. And I'm like, Oh man, the UFC. That's right. That used to be like right next to the WrestleMania tapes at the local country video. And, uh, I just thought about it. I was like, oh, yeah. So I started like, looking into it, and um, I just happened to drive by a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu place. Um, I had seen a couple of them before, like the early ones with like, Boyce Gracie and everything, and I just happened to see one, pulled in, and then here I am 16 years later. Here you are 16 years later. You are a black belt. Now, as you pointed out, you're a Andre Galvo black belt. Why is actually before we start, let, let's let's actually talk about the belt rank structure. Um, what I'm curious to know is how does one advance in belts? Is there some sort of testing out, or is it just sort of a someone just decides, hey, it's time? Like, how do you go from you know I don't even know like the the red like how does you know when you when, you know our mutual friends of purple belt like. Did he have to test out? Did he have to prove he could do something? Or was someone just like, nope, now's your time? 
Um, it, it all depends. It really does on the, um, the organization that you're training with. There's a lot of different ones. Um, this is a, a direct example, but if you take like, you know, the NFL is a bunch of different teams. And, and Jiu-Jitsu is sort of similar. You know, like Gracie Baja, um, Alliance, you have my team, which is Atos Jiu-Jitsu. Um, I think each one of them does it differently. Um, so let's see, for me, I started off, um, under a Hobson Mora. And for my purple belt, I remember I had to do a specific set of moves that answer a specific set of questions. Now, under Andre, it was just time served. You know, are you in there grinding every single day with these animals? And you just ultimately get to a point where your belt's about ready to fall off around your waist when you get promoted. Now, I believe in the latter more so than the first one. I think each person has a completely different skill set. So how old are you? Uh, I'll be turning 31 in a month. Awesome. So at 31 years old, you're starting jujitsu, and, and man, I'm super pumped for you. That, that's going to be an amazing experience. But, I can't so, wait. Well, so the thing is, is at 31, you're going to have a different set of skills than a 17 year old, like when I started, right? Um, if it takes 10 years to get your black belt, which is, you know, the average, give or take, some do it sooner, some do it later. Um, then let's see, you'll be 41. So. A 41-year-old is different than somebody who's been training jiu-jitsu since they were 10 and getting a black belt at 19. So I think to have a specific set of guidelines, like, okay, you need to know three escapes from mount, three escapes from side control, and so on and so forth to get your blue belt. And and to backtrack a second, it goes white belt, blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, black belt, and uh, therefore on up through the degrees. But um, So, like, your blue belt's your first one. And I think for you, you know, you're going to have a different set of skills than, than the guy who's maybe 120 pounds at, like, I don't know, 25 and started out there. You know, so I think it's different. I think if you look at somebody as a whole and what their maximum potential is going to be, that's kind of how you how, how you divvy that, divvy that up. What, what allows someone to grant a black belt? Do you have to be a certain degree of black belt to be able to do that? Yes. Um, under the guidelines, you have to be, I believe, a second-degree black belt, which is six years of being a black belt. So, Holy smokes. Yeah, so I got my black belt in 2014, uh, the summer of. So coming up in like about three weeks, I'll be a black belt for two years. So I have to wait six, no, 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 I'm sorry, four more years to be able to promote someone to black belt underneath of me. And, um, yeah, it just, it just keeps the BS factor out of it, you know? Yeah, does someone, does someone have to ensure that you're on top of your black belt skills? Like, how does that sort of accountability work? Hey, man, the maths don't lie. I could tell you, okay, so you're, you're going to do jujitsu, okay? Yep. Um, and, uh, six months from now, you come and visit my gym. Uh, you're going to be able to tell right away if I'm lying to you or not. You can come in and be like, hey, I'm Jason, I'm a black belt, I'm I'm the best black belt you're ever going to roll with. Within 30 seconds of me and you training on that mat, you are going to know 100% if I'm lying to you or not. It's just the mats don't lie. And um, that's pretty much it. The mats keep you honest. You know, you get people that come in taking the Pepsi Challenge all the time. Um, I am an Andre Galvo black belt in the jiu-jitsu community that carries some weight. So we do get people who are visiting, or like they come in, you know, anywhere from like white to black belt, and you know, they'll know if I'm if I'm the gospel or not. Um, but that being said, <laughs> um, we're a re- relatively small community, and there's kind of this like movement to out fake black belts. 
Um, I don't really partake in it. You know, I really don't care. It's not my prerogative. But, um, you know, if, if there's kind of, if there's smoke, there's fire, and, and people are going to find out pretty quickly. Yeah. So what you're saying is by so by the time if 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 this becomes my deal and I stick this out, I could I could be a Jason Eames black belt. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> I'd be honored. Oh, there we go. Challenge accepted, sir. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. Uh three three months from now I'm gonna be like, F this, I'm done. No, no way, uh, no. Here, here's I'm kidding, deal. I'm kidding. You, no, 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 this is the deal I make with everyone that starts. Give it six months, six honest months, because for the first week, you're going to be like, oh, my God, this is awful. The second week, you're going to be like, huh, it's not as awful as I thought. The third week, you're like, no, no, yeah, it actually was as awful as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to go back and forth, and you're going to feel like – a pattern. Yeah, well, that's okay. Uh, let me finish my thought, and I'll get right back to that. Um, you, you, give it six months, because at first, you're going to feel like you're lost. And then um, six months from now, when a new guy comes in, a new white dog, you're going to see how far you've come. You're going to be like, oh, man, wow, like I, I couldn't move anyone. But this guy comes in, and it's like it's like nothing. It's like he's like a newborn baby. He doesn't even know what he's doing. He's, he's falling into these submissions. And it's about six months. You'll never see your progress right away. You'll see it over time. And, you know, give it, give it an honest six months and then make up your mind. And to the backtrack, this is a hard, hard sport in martial art to exist in. And I don't mean to put anyone who does jiu-jitsu on a pedestal. It just is. It's grinding. People come in. Um, the people who stay, for the most part, are, are introverts. You know, not, not these guys that were really successful in life. So I don't care how good you are at anything else in this world. You'd be the best. Okay, we'll take wrestling. Wrestling is really, really similar. You put a wrestler in a gi and then put him up against a guy who's literally just pushed pencils in his entire life who's been training jiu-jitsu for a year, and you're going to watch that stud wrestler struggle. What's going to happen? One of two things. He's either going to stand up and be like, man, I really need to know how that works. Or, more often than not, I never want to have that happen to me again, and I'm not going to tell anyone that's here. I'm going to lie to my wife. I'll say I was at the book. You know, because hmm. it's, it's actually, though, Right away, and the people who tend to stay in that environment are people who are okay with losing. You know. So yeah. here's here's a, here's a question I'm sure that I definitely had. I think when you and I first talked last week, and I know that members of my audience who may be considering jujitsu or or other martial arts may be thinking, like, what sort of time commitment are we looking at here? Like, do we need to be training five days a week for two hours? Do we need to be doing two a days? Is this is once a week enough? What's what do you think is the minimum effective dose on a weekly basis to be someone who is progressing through the expected track of jiu-jitsu? Well, I will quote my first instructor, Dr. Mike Fitchett. Um, one day a week is enough to maintain the skills you've learned. Two times a week, you're going to be a black belt. doesn't matter. It might not be as quick as you would like, but if you come two times a week, you're going to get the black belt. You're going to progress. You're going to continuously progress. Any more than that is money in the bank. That's okay. it. So if you, you, you're a professional uh, in, in your daily life. You have a job. You do really well with your job. Um, I've worked with you before with uh, the other project VA, and it was really awesome to see you guys work. 
So what's your goal? Your goal is probably, and, and you know, mind me, I'm speaking for you, and correct me if I'm wrong, your goal is probably to, to try something new, to do something, to be involved in something, and enjoy it as like a hobby more so than an actual yes. profession. So two times a week's good. You know, uh, three times a week's even better. I personally think three times a week is that sweet spot for um, people who can commit to it. Two times a week, you know, just as good. Four, five, six times a week are for people who have already their entire schedule figured out. They know they can fit it in. Or the kids who are looking to make this a career. Um, I train six days a week, pretty much twice a day, all day, every day. This is my job. This is what I do. Um, when it wasn't, when I was still just a kid in the band having fun, I was training two, three times a week, and I was progressing. I was enjoying it. And, um, you know, but then, so, <laughs> case in point, when I, when I tried to make the jump to being a professional, um, I, I moved to San Diego to train with Andre and train with one of his purple belts. And I was a purple belt. And I fancied myself a, you know, at least a decent purple belt. I don't know if I was you know, world-class dining. I thought I could hold my own. I had here on the East Coast. <laughs> There's this kid. He didn't speak any English. So like, oh, the he doesn't speak English. I'm like, okay, it's fine. We'll train. This kid smashed me. He passed my guard five times in five minutes the same way. And he looks at me and he goes, man, your guard is shit, man. Well, why? <laughs> like they told me you didn't even speak English, man. Is my guard that bad? I'm invoking the English language into you because you, you have to relate to me how bad this is. <laughs> but I but I had made the jump to a professional level, and there was a big difference. And um, I went home that week and told my fiance, I'm like, man, Ashley, I think I think I might have made a mistake here. And she's like, you're not just driving me all the way across this country to live out in a totally different state, totally different time zone to quit. You go back in there. <laughs> so I, yeah. I tucked my tail and I, and I just took beatings. And you know, that's it. But I said earlier, that that type of attitude, you just got to say like, man, that dude kicked the crap out of me. That was awesome. I need to learn how to do that. Um, and then again, yeah, it just and it just progresses from there. So there's always going to be a guy that's going to be able to beat you. Uh, the, the idea for the average person who wants to train, I don't mean average person, but the person who, who doesn't want to commit to, you know, a, a professional career in jiu-jitsu, just don't get caught up in it. Yeah, there's always going to be that guy that trains more than you. There's going to be that guy. So let's say if you train for four years, you've, you've earned your, your purple belt. There's going to be this kid that comes in, like, week three, and he's going to give you trouble, and you're like, Man, I've been doing this for four years. Why is this kid with three weeks of experience giving me trouble? He's probably a freak athlete. And there's just, yeah. there's, there's always that. I have this one kid that I train with, Tom. He's these little tiny hands, a little tiny demeanor. He's very quiet. He's awful to train with. Oh my goodness. I don't even like training with him in front of my students because we have such, such battles. And, you know, I've been doing this probably twice as long as he has. Man, the kid's got it. And that's just one example, you know. There's other students that, you know, never, never going to be. That's just life, you know. And jujitsu is a great, uh, what's the word for it, uh, microcosm for uh, for life in general. When you're on the mat, it's going to be bigger, it's going to be better. There's not going to be. You're going to have your day, you know. Um, Andre, my professor, he's man. I can hardly even touch the guy. I think I'm really good at jiu-jitsu. Um, I know I'm really good at jiu-jitsu. Then I go up against him, and I was like, oh, that's why you're my instructor. Because <laughs> you're the best in the world. Yeah. 
what what's the you know do you believe that there is a practical application to jujitsu? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. I think you know because I think when we I don't mean to interrupt, but to oh. just sort of elaborate on my question. You know, growing up, you know, we saw the Karate Kid and we saw, you know, we saw these martial arts movies and spotlights where, like, it was about striking and it was about being, you know, like we see Jason Statham, you know, on in movies just being quick to kick and Jackie Chan using weird weapons and stuff. Jiu-Jitsu is, is about submissions, right? It's about getting the upper hand in a grapple or, or, um, or in a form of wrestling and sub- and submitting your opponent. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would, I would say absolutely. I think that's why I do it. Um, without getting like really deep into that conversation and taking complete sides and you know waving the jujitsu flag, which I do. Um, it's just it's just the most practical on a lot of different levels, and if I can briefly even touch on this without, yeah, <laughs> without please, eating, please up, eating up eating up of your podcast, um, let's see where I even start. So, okay, I have a good example. Um, maybe think, maybe the best way to explain it uh, is you know if you were in an altercation in a pretty ca- in a, in a mediocre circumstance where just like there's an altercation, I don't know, at a, I don't want to say a bar because that's too cliche, but you just get into an altercation with someone and maybe they start swinging at you. How does jiu-jitsu fit in to that scenario or something like it? And why would you prefer it versus another martial art? Well, um, <laughs> that's another, so you ask me questions to which like, so the answer is way too long. Um, <laughs> like if, if you if you were to try to accost me on the street, man, I would kick you right in the dick. I'm sorry, I would. I would just one shot and I would run because I don't want yeah. to get in an altercation. Being a martial artist of one thing, I could ask this question: on, What if there's multiple attackers? What if you're at a bar and five guys try to attack you? Sure. You you messed up a long time ago. To quote and, and semi quote one of my favorite uh, you guys out there. If you didn't recognize way before that five guys wanted to kick the crap out of you, you screwed up. You let yourself down. You know, you need to be able to recognize these situations. My dad used to always say when he was teaching you to drive, you know, you need to always constantly think about what-if scenarios. And I apply that to life. If I'm in a situation where, where somebody is trying to give me harm, hopefully I've recognized it way before that happens. And, you know, I probably honestly, here, take my wallet, take my keys. I don't care. This stuff means nothing to me. You know, I don't want to fight you. I don't want to have anything to do with it. And what gives me the confidence to do that is to know I fight every day. I fight every single day. So I don't need to prove anything to anybody. My adrenaline doesn't pump. I don't need to feel the need to to beat anybody up. Sam's when I'm driving. If I'm driving that road rage, man, I was listening <laughs> to your earlier podcast about that, and I was like, yeah, I agree. That's the one time. That's the one time I lose it. But you know, just in general, I don't. I, I'm. I fight too much to want to fight, and it's very easy for me to just kind of dismiss it. Um, now, okay, let's let's say I can't. Let's put the scenario out there that I can't. I do this every day. Now, when I say do this every day, I mean I'm physically grappling another human being, uh, which means resistance, honest, real resistance. It doesn't matter if it's a day one or 12-year veteran of jiu-jitsu. That's a human being I'm trying to control, subdue, and submit. And uh, the human beings, wild animals, they have quite the penchant for self-preservation. 
It doesn't matter if it's your first day. It's still going to be tough. I could beat you up, or I should say I could catch you up five times in five minutes, and we're both going to feel like we got our butt whipped because it, it takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot to do it. So if I'm doing that every single day, I know exactly how much force it takes. I know exactly what I'm capable of and what the situation calls for, and I think I'm prepared physically to, to be able to do that. Um, and I said I had an example, and it would be a brief one, I, I trained the police out here in Chester County, the Chester County Sheriff's Office I've trained. And they, they've done Krav Maga. And uh, they, um, the Krav Maga instructor used to kind of snark at Jiu-Jitsu, and they would ask him, well, what would you do in this situation? And he'd be like, I would just pluck their eye out. And I was like, did you ask him how many eyeballs this man actually plucked out of another man's head? <laughs> because it was more than one. That dude's a warrior. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, right. But that would be legit. But the answer is probably not at all. What I'm showing them, I do every single day. The only day I don't train Sunday. I Sunday with my family. I got a beautiful family. I got a fiance and 11 month old daughter. So six days a week, I am training and I'm doing it constantly. And the good news is we're doing it in such a way that it's sustainable. Um, you know, I hate to harp on any of the striking martial arts because I think they're all legit in their own way. But you can only practice those at 100% for so long before serious injuries occur. A lot goes into dialing down that type of training to when it comes to fight time, being able to do it at full bore, whereas in grappling martial arts, like judo, wrestling, in particular Brazilian jiu-jitsu, we're able to do that at 100% every single day. You know, your body gets sore, sure, but you just get up and you do it again. So I think it's the most practical for, for those few, few reasons that we have the time to go for. Yeah, that's uh, that was a good answer. I like that. You got to the point um, without requiring us to do a second podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's let's get to the the uh, final couple questions and, and wrap this up, Jason. This has been very enlightening. Um, what what challenges are you currently facing, either personally or professionally? You can choose. Um, and then follow with, you know, what are you doing to better overcome them? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. And, you know, I guess uh, professionally trying to balance raising a family and raising a business. Um, they're both family to me. It's the great thing about being involved in this uh, community is the people you train with every day you get forge very strong bonds with. So, you know, I'm... I'm I'm a dad, I'm a, I'm a fiance, and I have dogs, I have cats, you know, whole shebang, and then I have a business. So there's there's that balance there. Um, personally, yeah, I mean, I, I have PTSD from accidents I was in years ago, and there, there's times where, like, when I'm training, where, like, that kind of, you know, surfaces a little bit, and you just have to kind of quell it, and, and um, you know, you get claustrophobic from training, and, and you yeah, know, you just, just kind of work through it. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, things have been pretty good by this point. I've done it long enough now where um, and I'm in a good spot. I'm like, I'm kind of fishing for things. <laughs> I'm in a pretty good spot. In my That's life good, right man. Now. That's good. It's a good, pro- it's a good problem to have if you can't think of your problems. I have them. Look, I got, I got tons of problems. I mean, that's, 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 <laughs> that's life. But, like, you know, um, I, I, I've really been able to face them head on. Um, I'm I'm probably the luckiest guy you will meet, you know, uh, whether it's good or bad luck. I've always been very fortunate. I've always had a lot of things happen to me. 
Um, and then I've always been able to rebound back from them. And I think a lot of that's just like attitude. Um, when I, when I met my fiance, I was like, man, this girl is so good. I need to make sure I do something in her eyes that she's going to think is awesome. And that's why I really went heavy on the jujitsu and stopped trying to do the whole band thing. And, you know, um, so, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I like that. So then maybe this question, this, I'm sure this question will be much easier. Maybe you've sort of touched on it already. Uh, you know, the name of the show is Fuel for Warriors. So what's your fuel? What, what inspires you? Life, you know, um, just to live it, uh, traveling, seeing new things. Um, I don't know. So I, I've listened to a few of your podcasts, and, uh, and not only that, just people in general are, are very into leaving a legacy. Oh, I want to leave a legacy. I want my legacy. I want people to remember me by. Man, I honestly don't give a shit if people remember me. And that's not me being, like, coy, and that's not me being pompous or arrogant. I literally just have a thirst for the now. I really enjoy people. Um, I really enjoy arguing with people. I really enjoy talking to people. I enjoy traveling. I enjoy seeing the world. Um, I mean, like, New Zealand, that's my white whale. I mean, I need, I need to go to New Zealand before I, I shuffle my mortal, mortal, mortal coil. Um, so, you know, that's my fuel, just the, the, the daily, you know, the, the opportunity to, to, to see things and to do things. We live in a, in a world now where everything's so small compared to where it was. You know, I could literally yeah. hop on a plane and be at my white whale in 24 hours. Um, obviously, like, you know, the family and whatnot is going to have to come with me. But, um, yeah, I don't – that that is my fuel, just to just to exist in the now and enjoy everything, enjoy the ups, enjoy the downs. And, look, it's not easy. I'm not, I'm not throwing fluff out there. There are some days where I am just a salty dog. That's life, you know. Um I guess, like, in the very, very short term, my fuel is to uh, to be there for my students. There's days where I don't want to train, and uh, I just show up anyway and, you know, just kind of bite the mouthpiece and just go. Uh, I really want to be a great dad. Um, I had a great dad. I had a great family. Uh, that's definitely fuel to, like, you know, when you pick up your little girl and, like, she just looks at you and you're like, man, I don't want to fail you, kid, <laughs> you know? I want, I want to be there for you, so, um, you know, I hope that wasn't too much of a Mickey Mouse answer. No, I like it. Jason, we are following you on Instagram at Atos Westchester, A-T-O-S Westchester. Uh, and, I mean, if anybody happens to be in the, you know, the greater Philadelphia area and interested in, in training with you or just wants to reach out, is there a way other than Instagram they can do that? Yeah, Instagram, Facebook. You can find us on Facebook, um, you know, at Optos Westchester. We have a website. It's it's really simple. It's Think BJJ, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu BJJ. I didn't think anyone would know what Autos meant. They were like, man, is that like a French manufacturer? So it's thinkbjj.com. You can find us there. Call us. You know, hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, anything. I'm available for sure. Yeah, great. All right, well, Jason, thank you so much for your time and for sharing a part of your story and your insight with my audience. Yeah, hey, look, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate the opportunity to even get the pedestal to speak on and uh, get Jiu-Jitsu out there. Um, I think it's a... I think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> I really do. I think everyone should should jump into it. You you'd be a yeah. lot more honest of a person doing it. You just, I, I, from the bottom of my heart, anyone that's listening, find your local gym, 
get in there. If you don't know if the gym's good for you, hit me up. I'll be more than happy to let you know. I'll look into it. You know, it's a small community. So, like, with you, I told you, like, you're in the um, D.C. area. I was like, go to 50-50. That's going to be an awesome gym for you. So Great. if anyone has an opportunity or want to ask any questions, feel free to reach out. That's awesome. I think what was really great about this, this will be my final statement. I've talked to a number of people like Matt Brown, Tim Kennedy, who else we had? I had Jessica Aguilar on the show. Um, but we talk more about like their career and like, and, and it's more, uh, you know, cause they, you know, they have a sort of celebrity to them. And in, in all those conversations, I never really got to drill down on the, the training and the art itself. So it was really, it was really good to have this conversation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I said, I appreciate the opportunity and, uh, you get to a little more relaxed than your average, like traditional martial art. It still has its formalities, but for anyone who's like you know, nervous about that type of environment, you just don't have that. It's, you know, all, all all of that's done on the mat, training with people. So you know, don't, don't let those barriers get in your way. Just jump on the mat and just give it a shot. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Be sure to head over to LockAndLoadJava.com using promo code FuelForWarriors for a discount on your purchase. Also head over to LostInEntertainment.com for more of my programming. Stay strong and stay motivated.